is Clayton Howe's Entertainment X. For this episode, I chat with Gina Panabianco. We talk about her life path, her journey, the creation of Caliwood Pictures, and a nice girl like you. There is so many wonderful takeaways from this conversation on persistence and believing in oneself. I think you're going to love it as much as I did having the conversation with Gina Panabianco. So enjoy. We're back. I'm Clayton Howe, and today with me on Zoom is Gina Panabianco. Did I say it right? You know, that was good. Pana Bianco would Pana. be like the full Italian experience, but... but it, <laughs> ah, Paisan. My middle name's Avellino. Oh, nice. Yeah. Avellino. Good one. From yeah. Avellino, Italy. So. <laughs> yeah, we're from Sicily, so oh. don't hold that against me. <laughs> oh, ooh. okay. Well, the conversation has just ended. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> teasing. I'm teasing. Uh, let's take it back to the beginning of time for Gina okay. Pana Bianco. God. What were your entertainment dreams growing up? You know, that's so interesting because I feel like to the core, it's always been one thing, but it's evolved, you know? Yeah. Um, I just loved making people laugh. Mm. So I always, I I saw myself in front of the camera and being either a stand-up, stand-up comedian sort of came later, but I, I wanted just to be on TV. Yeah. I wanted to make people laugh. And was this uh, fostered by parents or was this like a thing that you quietly oh god not at all oh. <laughs> um <laughs> they were like don't you dare do that that's not a job um oh, no. so uh, but, but actually no you know my dad was very funny um and my mom and my dad pa since passed away but my mom is very funny yeah. you know she has these one-liner quotes that she just creates and mm. and everyone uses them she's yeah. she's funny as hell really so what was the decision to to go ahead and pursue entertainment as a living? What was that um, moment? It's, tough. it's you know, it's because I tried everything else to please everybody except myself, you know, and I tried, you know, and it, it seemed every job I did, I went into, I was like, oh, I just can't be at the cashier. I have to manage. I can't just be like the bank teller. I have to manage it. So. It was a lot of work doing that, you know, because I, yeah. I was trying to be the best at everything to fulfill what was never there. That's so. a, you just brought up a really good point. What is what was that self-talk or what was that realization for you when you're going around pleasing everybody else but yourself? Did you know you were doing it at the time? Oh, I told I knew. I think that's the most frustrating part when you're so I feel like I was like born and I was aware. You know, I'm like, hey, what's going on here? I, this doesn't seem right. Yeah. Um, I'm in Jersey, but um, but but uh, but I was actually. You know, there were definitely moments where, you know, I I got into like I was an event planner as well, and the, yeah. I loved doing that. But it was also creative, you know. Mm. Um, but but I feel like I always knew I was selling myself short. But sometimes you you're just stuck in what you're stuck in. Yeah. No? Oh, I would I'm I'm very interested in the decision to get unstuck or what specifically happened. What was there one particular moment that unstuck you? Um you know, I remember I was probably like 29 or 30 and I was sitting um at my office at at TV Guide. It was a TV Guide and News Corp at the time. And I was, um, 
I got on my computer and it's just weird how it happened. I thought, what would it look like if I stepped outside myself and I did exactly what I wanted to do? What would that be? Move to California. That was the first start for me. And I remember sitting at my computer. I was just talking to someone about this the other day. And I was, I thought, okay, how would I, where would I live? You know, I used to watch Melrose Place think, how can I, I want to be there. So <laughs> I started looking literally online and, and Encino popped up and I was like, oh, that looks like Melrose. Yeah. Okay. That looks like that apartment complex. Okay. What would I do? Like, how would I get my, okay. I'd ship my car. What would that look like? What would that cost? And what would it be? And that was November. And I, and I moved in February and it was like something just went off and all the little voices in my head said, you can't do this. You can't do this. You're crazy. Your whole family's here. You don't even, you know, one person out there, she's kind of a flake, but you know, um, <laughs> and what am I going to do? Um, and it was just like, I had an out of body experience and I did it. Yeah. And I think looking back now, would, would the Gina now do it? No, but, yeah, but yeah. I don't think I would, but then, so that was just my moment. I was sitting at my, in my cubicle at TV guide and I, I just, I couldn't do it anymore. I just, just something went off in my head and I just started planning yeah. as if it were happening, you know, like manifesting something as hopefully a lot of us practice in life of just, you know, visualizing you know, where I, I wanted to be. I'm fascinated by these moments. I'm just fat, mm -hmm. you know, why something snaps yeah. or changes, you know, and why, yeah. because, and it was complete, you know, full on commitment. What was the, how loud were those voices in the head telling you, don't do this. This is stupid. This is silly. Don't do oh, this. They and were pretty loud. Had they you heard were pretty them before? loud because, you know, when you spend um, so much of your life convincing yourself that whatever these creative outlets that you have, they're just, it's like something in passing or it's a hobby, but I knew better but I had to always appease everything and everybody around me. But when you said the, the moment, what got me to that moment sitting at my desk, which I forgot to tap into is I was doing this gig for TV guide and I was supposed to introduce on stage this radio host from one of the local radio stations. And I remember I got up on stage and I loved that feeling. And I was like all animated and something. And then the whole thing happened and afterwards this you know, very well-known DJ. I can't remember his name anymore, but we almost dated. And he, um, and he, he said, "You're so good. You should be like. Why aren't you doing this?" And I yeah. said, "That's a very good question." And I think that's really the moment that I thought, "Why is he doing that and not me?" Yeah. There's nothing different from us. Switching gears slightly. Growing up, what did your parents teach you about work ethic? Um, that was actually very very good. You know, we, what they taught me is if you want something like we're going to buy you the vinyl boots, but if you want the leather boots, you have to work mm. and you have to earn it. So that was tough sometimes because, you know, where I grew up, a, a lot of kids had a lot of things. Um, but we were always more in that middle-class arena. Um, and so they taught me really you know, if you want something, you have to work really hard to get it. You can't just give, you know, if you want that car, you have to work. And if that car's $5,000, you have to, I'll match it, but you have to earn it. You know, you have to do something. Yeah. Yeah. Same, same question. What did your parents teach you about kindness? Mm, you know what? Um, I think it was nothing that they even would have said to me. It was so unspoken because my dad was just this gentle soul who um 
who just would would try to he if he had something to say that bothered him it would be in a humorous way you know mm-hmm. um and my my mother you know she always says honey you're the kindest person i know and i go no mom you are you know mm-hmm. that's how i learned she's the one who if there's someone down the street that's you know sick she's making the soup and bringing it to them she's doing you know yeah yeah okay hey, they're just good people yeah yeah i know sometimes it's you not know? necessarily talked about it's just witnessed yeah, it really isn't. But it but it was always like, you know, I observed how, you know, my family treated people and how I would want to treat people. And we've all been treated badly, too. And we've all at times done things that we feel badly about. And then we go back and say, oh, if I, you know, I always say, like, you know, as Maya Angelou says, when you know better, you do better. Um, yeah. And that's in life, you know, and, and it's all it's always evolving. Always. When you know better, you do better. I love yeah. that. Uh, this journey into producing, you know, from, from feeling animated on stage and loving that and then going into producing, what was that connect? How did that connect for you? It's a very interesting story. So when I went out to LA, you know, I I thought, okay, great. I'm going to go out there. I'm going to get my own show and this is how it's going to be. No. Um, so, um, I think because I, I planned event, like very large events for News Corp TV Guide, and I always could oversee, I liked the big picture of things, you know, I would see the dot and I'd connect it over here and whatever it took to get that, you know, that line. Um, and I was out in LA and Joni Conrad, who was a very dear friend, her dad was Bob Conrad from Wild Wild West those days. And she, um, she would always like, she would always say to me, you know, she taught me a lot when I, when I first moved out to LA, she'd say, there's the 10 minute rule, Gina. If someone doesn't show up in 10 minutes, you leave. Cause I said, well, everyone in LA is so flaky. I don't understand, but I'm <laughs> deviating. Um, but, but that moment really for me was I had, I was doing stand up comedy. I was going to auditions. Um, and my very dear friend Kumar had a script and 12 twisted tricks and he gave it to me. And I read it and something, it just resonated with me. It was very Guy Ritchie for the time, but before Guy Ritchie had done, you know, Lockstock. And um, I bought it to Joni just in, I don't know, intuitively, it felt like something I should share with her. And she loved it. And she bought it to her brother-in-law who was in Canada at the time, who like financed movies. And next thing, you know, she said, well, well, I'll, you know, I'll executive produce this. You'll produce this with me. I said, but I don't, you know, I had a plan though. I was going to produce later, you know, I still have to get my show and do these things. And she said, I forget. She said, Gina, she said, when you produce, that's where you hold more of that power. Like, because you're only going to look this good and feel this good for so long. And it's, so do yourself a favor, learn how to produce, because then you can put yourself in anything. You can do anything. Where did you meet her? How did that relationship begin? I met Joni through an event I was doing. So this woman, Ina, had a very successful event company, Poco Events, Ina, and uh, Joni, and she grew up together. You know, Ina was this old school Hollywood. They lived next door to Rosemary Clooney, and, you know, Joni had her life. And um, Joni was just this really free spirit. She just decided to come and work on these events with Ina just for the fun of it. Um, and that's how I met her and we connected and we stayed in touch. And then when I moved to California, you know, um, our friendship evolved and yeah. Was there any resistance from you when she was saying, you know, you got to produce this, you got to. No, you know what? It excited me. And in that moment, I, 
I thought I, I get it. Like I, I just knew I'm like, I can do this. I can actually do it. What happened is the movie fell apart, part of the you know history of Hollywood, but um, only because one of the major investors wanted a significant role in the movie. Huh. And, um, you know, Kumar wouldn't budge. He's like, he can't have that role. It's just an impossibility. Hmm. So he said, so then it sat for a few months and he said, Gina, I bet you could do this yourself. I said, you know what? I can. And I will. And I'll, and I just started running around town, making up little, um, cause it was all about the chasing of this money. And I made up these canvas money bags and put money signs and made posters and raised $10,000 with my friend Nomi just to get like a, a trailer made. And I, I just believed that it was going to happen. And I realized then that I was really good at what I could do. I could I always tell people I could sell snow in Alaska to the Eskimo. Only if I believe I've got the better snow. If I know I have the better snow, I'll sell it. But if I don't believe it, I can't get behind it, obviously. But that's I, the beginning. I have to I have to ask about getting past no or getting to yes, whichever way you want to word it. And having those conversations, when to, you know, push a point, when to let it go. What are your what are your overall views? I'm sure we're gonna get a little more specific, but what are your overall views on that? Yeah. You know, my view is, you know, well, it's always been like every no. Okay, first the hurdle of the no is you feel like it's you. It's something that you've done. Okay, right, you right. question everything. It's yeah. like, okay, am I crazy? No, I know this is good. Am I not good? You know, people don't, they don't, you know, they don't believe me. They um, right. Eventually when you do it long enough, it strengthens some, for me, it strengthens something inside me to say, okay, I got it. Every no gets me closer to a yes. Every no means there's a yes out there because someone, you know, the light bulb happened because someone eventually got it and said, yeah, I get this. This is good. Um, yeah. So, but, but it's really like anything. It's, it's a, it's something you have to hone. It's a skill you have to really learn and you have to learn, you know, cause in life we take everything personally because we're human, yeah. but those things, what I learned pretty quickly is, Sometimes a no is a challenge to try to get a yes. And sometimes, as you were saying, what's the difference? Sometimes mm -hmm. intuitively you just know mm, this is it's not it's a no, because when you try to fit that circle in the square, it usually doesn't end well. Yeah. I yeah. Learned. And has that I'm curious without, you know, without sharing specifics, is there a moment in time or a lesson learned where you realize that it's fitting a you know a circle in a square and how that responds? Yeah, it 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 was actually because um you know, there was a, so 12 Twisted Tricks never got made one day it will. But what came from that is I raised half a million dollars for my first feature. Um, shortly after that, I just shifted gears. And um, <clears throat> there was um, one of our investors said no multiple times. And, um, and I kept convincing and this is why and this is okay and take a chance. And it's like everything in my gut said, no, Gina, this is wrong. But I, I wanted to prove that I could get that made so badly. Yeah. Um, and one of the investors, it just wasn't, it was the wrong experience. They invested for the wrong reasons. And I knew that's what was happening. Um, wow. And we ended up getting into a lawsuit, like yeah. completely on their end. It was frivolous and it eventually got thrown out from the judge. But yet, you know, that, that was very financially, very costly and emotionally, very costly. Yeah. Yeah, that's thank you for sharing that because it's always interesting yeah. to find that decision in your mind. You know, a lot of people say like, "Well, I don't I don't set goals because I don't want to have mm -hmm. the letdown of not reaching it." 
And, you know, and that's such a, it's uh, to me, it's so detrimental to yourself to not even try, <laughs> at least yeah. try. I know. And you know, what's funny. I don't know how, I'm sure you feel the, the same sometimes because um, like minds, but sometimes, or I used to look at people and say, why don't they get it? Why don't they get it like I get it? Why don't they try? Or why can't they just be positive? And then I realized, no, Gina, everyone is on their own journey. Yeah. That person is what they are in this lifetime. This is what they, the path they've chosen before they even got here. That's what I believe in. Mm. That's their like journey. Let them do it. You, you can all, you can offer advice. You can wonder, you can help. But at the end of the day, everyone's got their, their stuff, you know? Yeah, no, I completely, yeah, I completely yeah. agree with that. Yeah. And it's being understanding of it. What are your views on relationships, professional relationships in, and I'm just going to say Hollywood, but entertainment. How do you view that? Um, in, in what regard, like as far as, um, relationships, like making relationships in business or be so that, um, yeah, it's, um, it's something that it, it takes a really long time. Um, and the relationships that you, that you'll find for anyone who's starting out, you find that most of those ones that you, that you think are going to be those great relationships and open doors and things. They don't, they typically don't because I find that for me over the years, when you push too hard to try to make something fit or, Mm. or build a relationship with someone, maybe not always for the right reasons, but it feels like it at that time, you know, I, I need this door to open because, um, those, those are a little disingenuous in, in the sense that you're not being authentic to yourself, you know? Mm-hmm. So I guess the, the, the simpler answer would be, um, you know, build on the ones that, um, that, that you connect, that you feel a real connection with, that you have the same end goal or the same, um, you know, interests or thought process of how you'd want to work or how mm-hmm. you'd want to do business, you know, because really everybody at the end of the day, everyone wants to see what they have get made. They want to see themselves get ahead. They want to do something for themselves. And you have to suss out, um, you know, what people are in it for the right reasons, like, like yourself. Well, yeah. And you might've just answered this, but my follow-up question to it is, and it's first, it's a statement, I guess, or more curiosity of that. There's a lot of disingenuine humans Mm -hmm. in LA. There's a lot of, you know, fickle, fickle snowflakes, whatever you want to call it, and flavor of the week, whatever you want to call it. And Mm -hmm. I'm wondering, how have you navigated through that to, you know, not find the genuine ones? Everyone is genuine in some sense. There's just sometimes people have moments of disingenuous, you know, I've had them, Mm -hmm. it happens. But you navigating that, does anything come to mind? Yeah. Um, You know, there are, yeah, I mean, there, there are, there, there's something specific that, that comes to mind over a partnership that I, you know, that I had with someone and, and, um, and I would say that in, um, and it was a very long relationship. I would say in that instance, sometimes it's hard to realize when, you know, you have one intention, which feels pure and good and someone else's, it's like, you know, their ego can only justify them going down this road um, versus maybe going down that same lane with you. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so 
Yeah. So, so I would say, I mean, that's something that's sort of specific that just came to mind that I, yeah. I couldn't really get, you know, but, but it's, I think it's just, um, you know, it's, it's, um, it, it is, it's difficult. It's, it's really tough because, you know, I found that it's taken years to really evolve and to get relationships to a place that I can, you know, assess it pretty quickly, say, okay, we're of like minds. Okay. This person's doing this. Do they do what they say they're going to do? Yes. Mm -hmm. There's those people that talk and talk and talk and things never get done. And somehow they drag you in and now you're in the middle of this mess with them, you know? And so, so I guess, I don't know if that's exactly answering what you even asked me, but, but it's, it's a lot, it's exhausting, you know, um, to, because, you know, most things don't pan out as, as you plan in this business. It just doesn't. Well, yes. And I think it's so interesting that energy speaks before you do, you know, you can tell very quickly when you meet someone like, Oh, okay, this is a joker. And then you have a, you know, or not, or you're wrong, you know, and it's like, oh, the energy was not matching and then it changed, but it was because they were protecting themselves when we were first started, you know, so there's so many ins and outs of this. It's not really, there's no general statement. There, there isn't. Yeah. And, um, yeah. And, and I, I think something that I've learned is that sometimes those people in their mind, they're completely genuine. They're, they're, they're doing the right thing because they feel it. That's what's true to them. Mm Mm-hmm. But you, you have to be smart enough to say, oh, that's not working for me because we all get caught up in something that looks shiny and pretty. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? <laughs> uh, 12, 12 Twisted Tricks. After that yeah. didn't um, pan out. What was that? Now, at that point, was that a no that got you down or was that the beginning of a, every no gets me closer to yes? Yeah, I think after that, it was every no gets me closer to a yes because yeah. what I realized is you know, it may not be the exact outcome that you want, but what happened is from putting that trailer together, which I got to say was pretty freaking good. And um, I submitted it unbeknownst to Kumar and anybody that was up, I submitted it to the Golden Trailer Awards. It was their first year. And we were up against, I'll never forget sitting next to um, Marty Short. And we were up against La La Wood and something with um, one of the Baldwins. And, 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 and we won, we won for best trailer, no movie. And it was a big deal and i'm like yeah. I, can, I, I can do this I, I i think i do have the vision i know i can so um anyway so so that's that's what happened with that and then i moved on to um raising this half a million dollars and i remember with kumar i said okay here's what we're gonna do first thing we have to do is put out all good energy to the universe and we have to give back so i had done this i was still doing events at the time because i'm trying to juggle like producing for a living. Um, and I had done this lunch meeting thing, something in town. And um, I had all these sandwiches left over and I said, okay, okay, we're going to bag everything up and get soda at the store and do all this. And we're going to go to Venice beach and give it out to all the homeless people. We're going to give back. And then we'll start asking for money. You know, then we'll sit down and we'll start going out to people because you have to show the universe that you're willing to give. That was in my, that was my process. Where did that come from? What was the decision? No, it was even remember Kumar saying, what? You know, he's so cute yeah. with his little Indian. I said, Gina, I do not understand. We have to go do what? Give out sandwiches. And so, um, so I said, yeah, that's okay. We have to, it's just something that we have to do. We can't just, yeah. you know, ask for, you know, the universe to help us and give us. We're like, what are we going to, so that's what we did. And I, I honestly, Clayton, I believe that that helped because we must have raised that money in like 60 days. I mean, and I had never raised 
any money at all, except for like Girl Scouts, you know, when you're younger, you're selling cookies, but, but cookies. I mean, I know they're yeah. so good. Yeah. Um, and so bad for you, but, but uh, yeah, I, you know, and we just, we raised this money and next thing we had half a million dollars. And I had said to Kumar, I think it was up November. And I said, okay, we need to have this money by January. We'll be shooting in March. And we did, we had the money in January. We were shooting in March. It was, it was one of those instances where, you know, I had my vision board and I, it's exactly how I, and of course it doesn't always work this way. It was a nice introduction for the universe to say, aha, I'll give you this, but still don't get too used to it. And um, so that's what we did. We shot that movie in 18 days on 35. It was like everything that you, you know, learned in film school that you said you want to do one day. So it was great. Oh my goodness. So what was the, what was, can I ask what was on the vision board at that moment? Yeah, I actually, I, I remember it very clearly. Um, there was a picture of the Oscar. Um, it was a big backdrop of Malibu. And there was just this person sort of in, in a shadow sitting on the rocks in Malibu with the water. Um, I had a couple of different movies uh, like cut out on there. Um, and then I had put movies, um, sorry, movies you wanted to create movies you wanted to create similar to movies you wanted to No, at that time, it was movies that inspired me, okay. you know, um, and one of, of course, one of the ones which is, it's just had been near and dear to me since I was like 12 is it's a wonderful life. And it was always like, just remembering, like, it was just for me, just an always, I know, isn't it great? Just, it um, just remembering, you know, it's always like, you know, you know, uh, he who had, you know, who has friends is, you know, the, you know, he was the richest man He's alive, richest. Yeah. Had, you know, and, and I don't know that story resonated with me always. Um, so those are the specific things that I remember on that board. Um, and I remember thinking, cause at the time I was like, okay, I, I want to buy a house in Malibu. I want to, I want to live out there. So it's just yeah. things that I look at and go and just, I could breathe and go, okay, that feels really good. You've been listening to Entertainment X, the podcast. You can follow Entertainment X on Instagram at underscore Entertainment X underscore. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join Clay next week for another curiosity conversation on Entertainment X. Thank you for listening. <laughs>